Welcome to the Millennial Politics Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Valerie. Today, I'm joined by Adrian Lieber, Campaigns Director for Swing Left. Glad to have you on today. Glad to be here, Jordan. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. So I have a feeling a lot of our listeners already know this, but for those who don't, what is Swing Left? Sure. Um, Swing Left is an organization that launched January 20th after the general election in 2016. And we are a grassroots movement of over 300,000 members working to take back the House next year in 2018. We are targeting congressional districts across the country and mobilizing volunteers and raising money to support of the eventual Democratic nominees in those target swing districts with the goal of, of winning back the House and taking a majority of seats in the 2018 elections. So what about the Senate? With candidates like Roy Moore and retiring incumbents like Jeff Flake and Bob Corker, is gaining a net three seats to win back a majority in the Senate not viable? No, I, I would say we're focused on the House because we believe the House is winnable. Um, there are three, 435 seats up for grabs this next cycle, and we're targeting 70 seats that we believe are competitive elections. Um, we are also an, a grassroots movement of people all over the country, and we're helping people to find uh, competitive districts near them. Most of us don't realize that we have target swing districts in driving distance. Um, and, and on top of that, the House has a huge role in putting a check on the Trump agenda and policies that are being pushed out by the Republican majority. It, we are thinking about that obviously right now as we see the, the Senate tax bill go back to the House for review. If we had the votes that we needed in the House, we could stop it in its tracks. So how are you approaching districts where multiple Democrats are running for the nomination or swing districts currently held by Democrats where there are primary challengers? Swing left isn't endorsing in the primaries. We believe that it is important to let the voters of those districts hash out the democratic process during the primaries. And then we're jumping in on day one of the general election to support the that democratic nominee uh, after she or he wins the nomination. So we're building up the volunteer base and mobilizing and training volunteer leaders and then raising money in addition to that to support that eventual Democratic nominee once the the primaries are over. So are there any candidates that you would never endorse, such as candidates who are anti-LGBT, anti-Black Lives Matter, or who have been accused of sexual abuse, etc.? Um, we believe that sexual assault and sexual misconduct is unacceptable. Um, and we are currently looking at the slate of races and making decisions about which candidates we are, are going to be able to support as, as, um, as complaints are made and accusations are made against these candidates. But in general, we are not taking policy stances. We believe that we are are best off if we have a majority in the House, and that means supporting candidates for Democratic office. So could you go into a little detail about your strategy? Sure. We are targeting 70 districts across the country, um, and we have 53 uh, of those districts are Republican-held seats. 17 of them are Democratic seats that we believe are vulnerable and need to work on to make sure we protect those, those Democrats in those seats. Um, we are attacking the midterms uh, in three ways. The first is we know that there's nothing more important 
to winning an election than direct person-to-person -person conversations. And so in order to support those conversations, we are building essentially an out-of-district program, harnessing the power of progressive strongholds and channeling it into the places and the actions that matter most. So we, we know that the left has a, um, has, has a geography problem. We have lots of energetic progressive people often living in places that are not a swing, swing district. And so uh, we're channeling the energy and, and excitement of those activists and sending them to the places that are going to be relevant elections in 2018. Um, and so in addition to this, we are also, we're laying this groundwork, as I said before, by getting people trained, getting them ready, so that when it comes to GOTV, they're ready to hit the ground running and knock on doors and talk to voters and have meaningful conversations in a way that will engage them around Get Out the Vote. Uh, we are also, we also recognize that while we strengthen our volunteer base, we have to raise as much money as we can and that candidates, for candidates, early money is always the best money because generally what happens with candidates, especially who are fighting against a Republican incumbent, they emerge from primaries cash poor, they use up all of their funding on, especially if they have a tough primary battle, and then get into day one of the election camp, of the general election campaign and are facing an incumbent candidate who has been hoarding pots of cash for years and has been building up infrastructure for years. And so these Democratic challengers often don't start at the same place as these Republican incumbents. And we believe that if they had the money starting on day one to build up the staff that they needed to buy ads, all of these things are much more effective when they're done early, that they would be in a much far better position than they currently are in many of these races. And so in order to do that, we are raising money for our district funds initiative by putting a, a pot of, of cash to the side that we raise through individual donations and then release it to the candidate the day he or she wins the nomination. And in that way, we're building up the um, infra um, infrastructure and we're building up the volunteer base so that these candidates can have the support they need to fight and win their elections in 2018. Are you working at all with party apparatuses like the DCCC or the DNC? Yeah, we are. We are directly coordinated with, we are going to be directly coordinated with the general election candidates. And we're working closely to make sure that the DNC and the DCCC are coordinated as well in these races and that we are all working as a broad coalition of organizations to support electoral wins at the end of the day. Uh, we believe that these kinds of partnerships are essential as we build a bigger tent and a broad umbrella of, of progressives in across the spectrum who are working towards ensuring that we have a majority in, in the House next year. What about candidates? How closely do you collaborate with them or do you plan to collaborate with them following the primaries? So, yeah, as I said before, we're not going to be engaging in the primaries right now. But once the candidate wins the nomination, then we'll be directly coordinated with those campaigns. So that will allow us to make sure that we are funneling volunteer energy into the most effective places and the most effective actions. We'll make sure that the lists that we are using are coordinated with the campaign. So we're talking to the same voters that the campaign wants us to talk to, um, that we're funneling into the same canvas operations. And in that way, we ensure that we don't see the kind of over organizational overlap that lots of um, non-coordinated organizations face when they're engaging in campaigns and they can't talk to the candidates directly. So speaking of organizational overlap, I think there are a lot of groups that share your goals, 
Do you have any connections to similar groups like the Sister District Project or Flippable? Absolutely, we are all great friends with all the folks at Flippable and Sister District and Indivisible um, and Pantsuit Nation um, and all of the other incredible organizations. Run for something. There are a million really great organizations that have popped up even just in this past year. It is incredibly exciting to see the rejuvenation in the progressive space. Uh, not to mention lots of really great organizations that have been doing this work for a long time. And we believe that in order to proceed in an efficient way, in order to do the best thing, not just for elections, but for long-term grassroots mobilization, that it's critical that we are all working together and supporting one another. Um, and so we have been and will continue to make sure that we are building those coalitions and reaching out to different groups and finding ways to, to coordinate and partner on projects together as we look towards next year. So obviously the focus right now is 2018, but as you mentioned, it's really important to have the infrastructure for elections. And of course, that's something Democrats are lacking and Republicans are really strong with. How do you hope to keep this momentum going after 2018? Well, we are, I hope very uh, much that we will be in a place after 2018 where the the excitement and energy of the win will propel us forward. But our organization is really laser focused on winning these midterm elections. And so while um, right now our primary and our prime and only goal is to focus on midterm elections and, and take back the House next year. As we've seen momentum build, as we've seen Democrats continue to rise on the generic ballot in polling. We've seen more focus on districts that aren't necessarily considered swing districts. The DCCC is now targeting Paul Ryan's district, something I don't think a lot of folks expected. Are you also expanding your list? And if so, by what criteria? Yeah, we are expanding our list. Um, and we also did add Paul Ryan's district to our list, and we're very excited about it. There is a wave of enthusiasm that we're seeing across the country as progressives step up and become active in ways that they have not for a very long time, possibly never before. And and we think it's important to capitalize on that. So we're adding races in lots of ways. On the one hand, the political dynamics are shifting and we're taking careful consideration and looking at the strategy that's coming out of these elections, we're working with partners to make sure that we make data-driven and strategic decisions about which races are winnable and how we can contribute to them. But at the same time, we also are seeing places where we just believe there's a ton of energy and that energy ha needs a place to be channeled. And so um, we've added districts that are frankly going to be a little bit of harder of a fight, but where we know we have the active volunteer base and the strong sense of uh, enthusiasm and commitment to those races to get it done. Something that's a big impediment to even high democratic enthusiasm is voter suppression, which is used to target predominantly democratic groups, black voters, young voters. How do you hope to overcome this? Well, there are lots of different ways to tackle voter suppression issues. There's lots of groups, obviously, um, who are focusing on the legal side of things. Uh, Swing Left is not one of them, although we fully support all of their efforts. Um, at the same time, on the grassroots activation mobilization side, paying attention and helping to 
focus on registering voters and re-registering them, make sure they know where they're supposed to go vote, how to register, how to get involved. Um, these are all important pieces of, of combating voter suppression. The communication that happens on the ground is it, it needs to be targeted at voters in a way that it, that ensures they have the accurate information that they need before the election. And so the grassroots mobilization that we are building and the network of volunteers across the country who are going out early, a year out from the election and canvassing now, are building that infrastructure so that they can have those communications with voters, not just now, but when we get to voter registration deadlines and when there are issues around um, when we get to, to uh sending in your, your ballots and whether the in states where that's a, an issue. So making sure that we have the communication structure set up so that voters can get the right and accurate information that they need when they need it is the piece that we're really going to play. And then on the sidelines where we'll also continue championing, championing other groups that are doing more legally based advocacy work. So why did you personally get involved in Swing Left? Why do you think this is important as an individual? Oh, that's a great question, Jordan. Well, I have been in progressive politics for over uh, nearly 15 years now. I, um, I, in 2007, I drove from my hometown in Los Angeles, California, to um, to Nevada to go work on the first campaign to elect Barack Obama, um, and I worked in. Count very red rural counties all over the country talking to voters and helping to get them involved and get them committed to vote. And I remember having worked in a town that was an incredibly red rural town in the middle of Nevada where we had uh, conversations with every single person in that town before the election. And when the primaries rolled around, we won that election. And it was an incredible moment for me and a moment where I saw the power of grassroots mobilization, the power that we can have when we have face-to-face -face conversations with voters and we talk to them in a real way about the issues that are important to them and we listen to their concerns and hear them out. It has a huge impact and that impact really stuck with me. When the primaries rolled around in 2008, we won those rural counties for Barack Obama in Nevada and it was... It was an important moment in my life because I saw that the power behind this organization and also the, the fact that unlikely candidates can take high seats in office when we put the grassroots power behind them and we support them and we give them the chance that and the resources and tools that they need to win. And so part of what we are doing now in Swing Left is, is giving those candidates the tools and the resources that they need so that they can run the kind of coordinated field campaign that helped us win back in 2008 that was about really going out and doing the important grassroots work of talking to voters um, and, uh, and and doing field work and, and doing the, the hard work of communicating so that we can win elections. Lastly, how can folks get involved with Swing Left? Sure. Well, you can go to swingleft.org to sign up and find your closest swing district. And that's an easy way to get involved. Once you sign up, we will send you more actionable opportunities for how you can get involved in your local groups, um, how you can find opportunities to get canvassing materials and, and figure out where to go. Um, we have groups all over the country who are going out and hosting canvases and hosting phone banks and talking to voters. 
Um, we've had over a thousand house parties all over the country where Swing Left volunteers are getting to know one another and building relationships and growing as leaders and getting trained so that they can get ready for the final days of Get Out the Vote next year. Um, we've also had over 2,000 voter contact events across the country where volunteers are canvassing and collecting pledge cards, commit to vote pledge cards from voters in, in target swing districts. So there's lots of exciting work that everyone can do to get involved to whether it's from anything from talking to voters and canvassing to doing research to support those other folks who are out there on the ground. Um, so sign up at swingaleft.org. You can also check out some of the more detailed information about our canvassing programs and our research programs at swingleft.org uh, slash take dash action. Okay, great. Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast today and telling us about the work you're doing at Swing Left. Thank you, Jordan. It was a pleasure to be here with you. Yeah. Again, I'm Jordan Valerie, Editor-in-Chief of Millennial Politics. You can find me on Twitter at Jordan Val Allen. Make sure to follow Millennial Politics on social media, subscribe to our newsletter, and check out our merch at millennialpolitics.co, and stay tuned for the next episode of our podcast. Thanks for listening.